Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's episode, we're going to be joined by our co-host, Wesley Perkins, and also our other co-host, Stephen Anderson of Project Spurs. So we're going to go ahead and do a quick recap of the horrendous game that was Game 5 against the Spurs and Nuggets. And we'll do a little preview of Game 6 that'll be coming up here shortly at the AT&T Center. So basically, there's no good way to say this. The Spurs just got out, outclassed and outplayed. They'd played with very little heart, and they did not play with a sense of urgency. And it got bad really quick. I mean, it, it was there was nothing really good that you could say about the Spurs' performance in yesterday's game. We'll go ahead and get Steven's take. Steven, what happened, man? <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> I think it's better for me to tell you what didn't happen because right. a whole lot did happen for Denver. I mean, Denver just completely dominated the game. From even the first quarter, we call it a decent first quarter on the live stream last night with Mike and Brenda. But it, honestly, for the Spurs, offensively, is just not there right now. Defensively, it's been gone since, I guess, the second half of game four. Um, and I mean, this team has no identity right now. This team looks like the Spurs team that went one and seven or whatever it was on the rodeo road trip back in February. So that's the team we're looking at right now. And. You're in the playoffs. You're down 3-2, potentially going home uh, or staying home, if we want to call it that, uh, tomorrow night. This is not, or when this comes out tonight, uh, this is not the ideal for for the Spurs organization or for the Spurs fans or for the team. Um, What happened last night was something I think that's been building up for quite some time, which is, I mean, I think both all three of us can agree Denver is the better team by far. Denver has the better shooters. Denver has the younger players. Denver has the more hungrier team. While the Spurs are a team that's kind of like a skeleton of what they used to be. And we're seeing that. We're seeing a poor defensive team. We're seeing an inconsistent team offensively. And like I said on the live stream last night, this is not what this team was built for. It was not built for this. And unfortunately, this is the hand they've been dealt. And I mean... We can get into what went wrong and what went right last night, but or whatever the game was. I guess it was last night. Everything the days are blending together now. So um, <laughs> I mean, um, you know, the thing is, like, is this: the Spurs last night in Denver showed no heart, like you said. They showed no sense of okay, well, we need to win this game because our ass is on the line. If it's not, they didn't show that. They came out like it was a regular season game, and they have thirty left of the to play of the season. And that's not good. That is not good. You know, unfortunately (laughs) for us Spurs fans, we were just disappointed, to say the least. I think we're beyond disappointed at this point. You know, we expected this team to show up, you know, and and put some some effort, play with some some heart. And and none of that transpired. It's just they started flat. They never were able to get anything going, even, you know, layups just didn't go in i mean jump shots weren't falling three-point shots weren't falling the the really nice ball movement that we saw in the first couple of games was non-existent they just couldn't get anything going in the on the offense and and defensively they looked horrible all night Mm -hmm. it's like denver was just running them out of the building they were able to get to their spots the spurs could do absolutely nothing 
to stop this Denver Nuggets team that was surging. And I hate this because we're just giving this young team more and more confidence as each game in, in this series, you know, goes a little longer. We're already at game six. I fear the Spurs win game six and they only win it by like one or two points. The, all the confidence in, in the Denver Nuggets uh, court. The Spurs are going to have to really beat this Nuggets team to to gain momentum back. And they're going to have to beat them by at least 18 or 20 points, you know, to show them yeah. we can beat mm -hmm. you guys. And we're sending a message to you, you know, that we can go to your your home court and we're going to beat you there as well. If they only win the game by two, two points, I, I just don't like their chances in a game seven. So we'll just have to see what transpires and in the game in game six that'll be coming up wesley i know you saw this game you have probably have a lot to say about it what happened from your perspective well it's it's a culmination of what went ha what happened in game four you know we saw the spurs go up a double digit lead 12 point lead in game four look like they were on to just taking the nuggets to, to the woodshed and and getting getting out of there with a victory and and look like there's gonna be a closeout game and instead, they got thoroughly outplayed and outclassed in quarters two, three, and four in game four. And then all of game five was the same story. Uh, you know, even the, even the slim lead that the Spurs held early on in the first quarter, you, you could just kind of see that the, the Nuggets were just playing a little bit too tight. Uh, and once they loosened up, it, it you know, the, the, the sky was the limit for them. I, I, I look at this from a different perspective, you know, similar to maybe to what Stephen was talking about as well. You have to give a lot of credit to the Nuggets. Uh, young team, very athletic, very, very talented. They, you know, when we look at the stats, you may not tell the whole story, but one of the big stats of the night was the Nuggets shot better, 42% from three, than the Spurs shot from the field total. You know, 40, 40 to 41% for the Spurs. And, you know, when you look at that, as a team that, that all year long has been number one in the league in three-point shooting and efficiency in the Spurs, and then also at the free throw line where they've been pretty abysmal throughout this this you know playoff round, it you know they're gonna lose if they keep doing that. And and you know I I kept saying this after you know the last game is that they were due for those shooters to break out of the slump and they did not. But again, I think a lot of credit has to go to the Nuggets. You, you, you know, Joe, you've called on it. Uh, numerous times that we've been on together where you've talked about the 3-2 and, and what they're doing, the comfort zone that they're taking the Spurs out of. And if you look last night, the Spurs are basically being taken out of those three-point shots and being dared to shoot in the paint. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. they're missing layups. Mm -hmm. They're missing four, five, six, seven, eight-footers that should be just, I mean, gimmies. And the Nuggets are running down the court, and they're making – passes you know around the horn to an open guy who's knocking down the three uh you know i i don't want to make too much out of this i don't want to make because i know how special those those you know the spurs were back in 13 and 14 when they had the beautiful game going on but listen fellas i'm not gonna lie this nuggets team kind of reminds me of that they they have that type of mentality it's i don't care about my shot i'm gonna get you a better shot and you see that and you look at what they're doing and executing. And even a guy like, like Jokic, who's come out and said that he patterned his game after Tim Duncan, that the unselfish spirit, the you know, mentality to make his teammate better, to, to be a better person by passing and getting his teammates involved, to have the footwork 
that's ne necessary and the, the fundamentals necessary to, to be a great player in this league, uh, you have to admire that a little bit. And far from, from being over, if they face elimination, the Spurs do, I think it's going to take a lot big, lot bigger fire from them. They're going to have to come out with passion, with urgency that they have not shown in the last two games for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is a stat that cannot be necessarily measured, but I think we'll know whether it's going to happen or not in the first quarter and a half. If they don't have that, Denver's going to run them out of the building and win this going away. Yeah, I got to agree with you. You know, the Spurs have to have some type of effort, and the effort has to start right in quarter number one. You know, they can't find themselves down by double digits early. That never bodes well for them. You know, if, if anything, you need to keep it within striking distance. You know, you don't want to go down more than five or six points in your home gym. Uh, you know, and I, and I have to say something, too. I mean, it seems like when the Spurs get these big leads, you know, by 19 points, they, they squander these leagues, you know, and they let the team right back in. So I don't know which is the, the lesser of two evils for the Spurs moving forward. Should they be down by five or six points the entire game and and then just have like this great fourth quarter where they finally put things together and then they go up by, I don't know, 10 or 15 points <laughs> and the final, you know, three, four minutes of the game to finally put this one away. You know, I don't know if is it, or should they, you know, be up by 19 or 20 points multiple times, squander the league and, you know, still find a way to win? Who knows? The only thing I care about is that they get the win tomorrow, you know, against the Denver Nuggets. So that's going to be a a big effort on the Spurs part to, to get everyone to play as a team. We haven't really seen that. And just from the stats that we, we saw yesterday, it was very clear that the Nuggets outclassed the Spurs because they had a total of seven players who scored in double figures. The Spurs, they only had four players score in double figures. DeMar DeRozan finished the game with 17. LaMarcus had 17. Yaka Portal had 12. And then we had Derek White, who added 12 points as well. Beyond that, you have Bryn Forbes, who kind of disappeared uh he only had four points and then you look at okay people that you really need to get some production out of rudy gay six points he hasn't had a great series at all marco beninelli only had seven davis bertans has been non-existent with three points patty mills only had five you know i mean beyond that you just have players who are in the game that really don't see a lot of minutes in you know, Lonnie Walker, he played 12 minutes. He finally got some run. He only put up two points in the 12 minutes. Then you have Don Dantas Montejunas. He played five minutes, added two points. Dante Cunningham, he played five minutes, 11 seconds. He added three points. We even had a Quincy Pondexter sighting. The guy played four minutes, 56 seconds, zero points. You know, it seemed like Pop went ahead and played everyone that was available they were out there on the court, and they played some minutes. Again, we don't know <clears throat> what's the mindset of this team right now. You know, I heard uh, DeMar DeRozan, and he was saying that the Spurs were going to be fine. You know, that there's really nothing for them to be worried about. Yeah, there is a lot for you guys to be worried about. You know, there's a ton for you guys to be worried about. 
This Denver Nuggets team is showing that you guys don't have what it takes to compete at, at the next level. You know, there's a lot for you guys to be concerned about. I thought that statement was really asinine. Uh, what do you have to say about that, Stephen? I mean, I, I, so on my Instagram account, uh, I posted this video earlier in the afternoon. Um, and if you don't follow me on Instagram, I advise all y'all to follow me. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that later. But um, this is I posted this. I said, basically, recap the game, which we were doing now, like Spurs lost, blah, blah, whatever. And I put a poll on my Instagram. Um, and like I said, if you guys have not taken it, please go take it. Uh, basically, I asked, is, are, do the Spurs force a game seven? Do they have what it takes? And 60% of my followers said, no, they don't. And that's not, I'm not talking like analysts or journalists. I'm talking just friends, journalists, uh, people I know from high school, all those type of people think the Spurs don't have a shot. And I'm, when the fans basically are feeling like this thing is over, that's how I think when you have DeMar saying that, I think in his mind, he knows in the back of his mind, they're, they're, their chance of winning this series are like maybe 5%. Because even if they do win tomorrow, they have to go to Denver. And guys, all three of us have watched the NBA. We've covered the NBA. We've seen too much basketball to know Game 7, 95% of the time, favors the home team. I mean, very rarely does it favor the road team, uh, with the exception, I believe, if I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James, beat Golden State to win the title in 2016. I don't remember if that was a Game 7 or not. But um, that was one of those instances where the road team did win on the road to capture a championship and clinch the series. But this Spurs team does not have a LeBron James. I mean, this Spurs team is, is very, very handicapped when it comes to scoring the basketball, when it comes to playing defense consistently for 48 minutes. When DeMar said that, to me, it feels like he is saying, you know, we're, we're fine, you know, keeping up that team morale, that, that kind of um, fake attitude that we have to put up for the media because we can't look like we're giving up. And I think that's what that was. I think in the back of all their minds, they know they have a lot to worry about, whether they win tomorrow or not. They have a lot to worry about. And I think that's what I think. I think it was just like a, a, a front is what I believe. Yeah, it might have been just to, you know, show that the Spurs are still confident that they can win uh, game six. You know, you don't want to show any weakness. You, let, me, let me ask you, Joe, let me ask you this. Do you think, let me ask you, do you think the Spurs can force a game six, and it, I'm sorry, game seven? And if they do, can they win game seven on the road? Honestly. Honestly, I fully feel that this team is capable of winning two games. You know, winning game six and winning game seven. The problem is, it all falls under execution. You know, Coach Pop and the coaching staff, they're doing the best that they can. You know, they, they devise schemes that will actually favor the Spurs and put them in the position to win. The problem is the players aren't executing that plan. to. They're not making it come to fruition. They are falling into bad habits. And we've seen that happen throughout the regular season and now it's transpiring into the postseason so the spurs are capable of winning the the thing is right now they're their own worst enemy they get mm -hmm. away from what works they start 
being complacent and they get themselves out of sorts. And we keep seeing that again and again, you know, over the course of these last two games. Can they win? I this Yes, they can. Will they win? That's the bigger question. And for that, <laughs> let's pitch it to Wesley. Wesley, will the Spurs win these next two games? Yeah, that is a really good question. I do want to jump in about what we're talking about with uh, DeMar and his comments. What makes it even more asinine, guys, is you know this, I know this, anybody who's been around basketball knows this. If a player, one single player, is averaging 50, 40, 90, you're talking 50% from the field, you mm-hmm. know, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line, that's, that's all NBA. I mean, that's superstar caliber. The Denver Nuggets in game five shot 50% from the field, 42% from, from three, and 80% from the free throw line. You're not going to win many games if you give up 50, 42, and 80. Not 90, granted, but still 50, 42, 80. That's huge. And, you know, you, you look at things, and I, I guess to answer your, your question, Joe, whether they can win both games, they can. Is it probable? I agree with Steven. It's probably not probable because of the, what we've seen trend-wise happening lately. You, you Early on in the series, you had Will Barton just not even knowing which way was up. He scored 17 points last night following a game where he had 13 or 14 the game before that. And, you know, you look at the Nuggets, and I know a lot of times the plus-minus kind of gets blown out of proportion, but realize this. Every Nugget starter was, it was a plus last night. And most of them double digits. Millsap plus 31. Jokic plus 27. Murray plus 33. Gary Harris plus 23. You compare that to the Spurs starters, Aldridge minus 26. Hurdle minus 9. White minus 20. DeRozan minus 21. Forbes minus 17. And you look at that and you say, how can a guy like DeRozan say, no, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. Things are, you know, things are kind of in hand that that's just, you know, that's, that's beyond asinine. That, that's very frustrating, you know, for, for anybody, not just people that cover the Spurs, but for fans, but because we know better, you know, I think when it comes down to it, you know, I, I don't want to be too much knee, knee jerk and overreact and say it's over and it's over. Listen, absolutely. Can the Spurs win this next game for sure? They absolutely can. They're on the home floor. I know that their pride is on the line here. You guys know it too. Mm-hmm. At this point, if they lo- if they lose three in a row to go out, what what did they fight all season for? Because they very could have very much could have easily back in November mailed it in when they were eleven and fourteen. They could have mailed it in when they went one and seven on the rodeo road trip. But they fought, and they fought hard. They fought hard to get better to find a way to win games on the road that at the end of the season, we wouldn't have thought that they could have. They fought to to beat some of the very best teams in the NBA and by good margins. So we know that they're capable of playing with anybody. But the question is, do the Spurs know anymore that they're capable of playing that way? I, I think that's part of it. You know, until they see the ball go in the hole, it just comes down to being that simple. They look so lost. And every time that there was a bump or a small smack on the hand, it was a complaint to the referee. And you immediately lost every bit of, of early flow in that game that they could have had. And if you do that in game six, I don't care if you're at home or you're playing 
in a neutral site or you're playing in Denver, you're not going to win. It, it really comes down to the Spurs have got to be much more mentally tough. And they got to realize that the big three are not coming off the bench. You're not going to have Manu Ginobili come in the game when you're down by seven or eight and the game is tilting towards, you know, the Nuggets way. You're not going to have that guy come off the bench, save the day, get your team right. Somebody on that Spurs squad, not named Greg Popovich, has to step up <laughs> and say, enough's enough. We've got to come in with a bigger heart and better intensity than we have or we're done. And but, at this point, they're playing for the jobs. I'm just being real. I think there's a number of the Spurs players right now that are playing for jobs. Wesley, let me ask you this real quickly. Who is that player then? Who do you think that player is on this team that can say, okay, guys, you know what? Let's get our, in so many words, let's get our heads out of our ass and let's go get this win. I mean, who do you think that is? Because to me, even though Pop says, hey, that's Patty Mills, I don't view Patty Mills as a leader. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think it's Patty. I think Patty. I think Patty back, you know, five six years ago might have been that person that could have easily done that. You know, if one of the big three were injured and they needed a spark off the bench. To be honest, I, I see a guy like Marco, who you know he's not been great. He's definitely not. He's struggled just as much as anybody lately. But but Marco is a guy that and and, and I you know maybe it's just the Euro basketball in him. You know he's been through tough situations. He's been in, you know, a lot of, you know, adverse conditions and he's been, you know, a champion. He he knows what it feels like to hit the big shots and to be on the biggest stages. So it's kind of baffling when, you know, there's there's not a lot of continuity on his sake or really for any of the bench for that matter. But the other one too that that I know it, and, and and God rest her soul, you know, I know uh, that Rudy lost his his grandmother and and that's really sad for for him and his family. And, my heart goes out to him and my prayers too. But I really think that Rudy Gay is is due to step up. And we saw him just throw down monster dunks on people all year long. We saw him just take take people and annihilate them and punish them in the post. I think Rudy honestly could be the guy this next game that says enough's enough. Yeah, you know, I really believe that leadership needs to come from one of your veterans. It's not going to be Patty Mills. You mm -hmm. need to have either LaMarcus or DeMar be more vocal. I would say, hey, you know what? Even Derek White needs to be more vocal out there. But will people really listen to Derek White? You know, he's barely coming into his own this season. He hasn't really been through a lot of these battles like some of these other guys. You know, LaMarcus and DeMar have been in playoff battles more than more than several occasions. So I think it needs to come from them. You know, one of these two needs to step up really have a heart-to-heart, -heart, you know, talk with the team and say, look, guys, we need to play better. I know we're capable of playing better, you know, and it's going to start with me. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to set the tone. I'm going to leave it all out there tonight and I want you all to follow my lead. You know, they need one of these guys needs to say that, you know, and I don't really see that happening, you know, but the one thing that the Spurs can do is play better. You know, they we've seen them play probably some of their their worst basketball in the postseason, you know, in these last two games. They can play better than that, and they know that they're capable of it. It just comes down to them, as I said, executing. So moving forward, I think their keys to victory, though, for this game six is they're going to have to find ways to 
at least contest shots. And the, the problem with game five is Denver looks so good on the offense because the Spurs really weren't contesting their shots. They had a, a number of wide open shots that went, went in for them, you know, and you look at Morris, for example, you look at players like Beasley, you have Harris, you have Murray. You got to stop some of these guys. You got to do a better job at that. You know, Nikola Jokic, if he wants to go off for 23, let him, you know, you have to give up something. I say, let Nikola Jokic go off, let him shoot a three. If he's wide open, Dare him to shoot the three. If he knocks it down, great. But you have to, you got to stop the supporting cast. You know, you, if you're going to let your starters feast, you know, at least, you know, you're going to have, you can't, don't really have an answer for, for Millsap. And he hasn't had a 40 or 50 point game. You know, neither has Jokic. But the yes. guard play, the yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, but the guard play <laughs> is killing us. You know, it's the guard play that's really killing us. You know, when you're letting people like Harris and Murray continuously beat you, you know, even, you know, Beasley, you have, you know, Barton out there, you have Morris out there, you have Mason Plumley being a beast on yeah. the, on the, on the glass, yeah. getting rebounds. You got to do better jobs at clearing him out of the lane. You know, you have to contest these second and, and third chance opportunities. You know, you have to go up there and get these 50-50 balls, you have to try to mm. some way find a way to get rebounds because this is it's getting ridiculous, you know. The Spurs, I think they can do a better job at closing out the supporting cast. They just have to play better as far as a as their defense goes, you know. And we saw them play mm -hmm. great defense, I think, for at least the first two games, you know. I thought they were oh, okay, you know, game two, yeah, they let things slip away. But for the first part of the game, they were playing great, you know, as far as their defense goes. Now, when they lost game four in San Antonio, I mean, the wheels kind of came off there. There was, you know, there really was no excuse for that. And again, we saw it happen in game five. So those were my observations. What do you guys think about the supporting cast? How can the Spurs try to slow these guys down? We'll start with you, Stephen. The Spurs need to slow these guys down, I guess. Well, first off, before anything even happens, before, before the ball even goes in the air, the Spurs need to come out with that attitude, that hunger, that kind of pissed-off attitude. Like, you know what? We we let them dominate us for two games in a row. They need to play with the Spurs okay. nasty. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. They need to come up with some of that. And honestly, guys, we haven't seen that for the past two games, or two and, two and a quarter, I don't know, whatever games it was. They first off, that's what needs to happen. First of all, you need to come in to the when you walk into that arena tomorrow. They need to have some of that attitude, some of that nasty attitude, some of that we're not going to let them eliminate us on our home court attitude. Number one, number two, they have to come out and they have to play smart defense. And what I mean by that is defense that got you a nine-game winning streak during the regular season. You know, defense not from the rodeo road trip that you went one and seven on. They need to make sure to close out on the perimeter. They need to make sure don't get make sure when Denver's in transition because we, we all know Denver loves to run and get up and down the court. When Denver's in transition, you get back. Don't just sit there and let them go down and grow right into the paint. The, the two losses that they had uh, consecutively in game three, uh, game four, and game five. That's exactly what Denver did. They ran it down the paint. 
when the Spurs packed the paint, they left them op- uh, uh, the uh, perimeter open for threes. And, of course, we all know Denver made those threes. So that's what the Spurs need to do. They need to really have a good attitude coming out. They need to get back in, in transition. They need to guard the three-point line. And above all, they need to get offense, or they need to get the rebounds. Denver has been out-rebounding the Spurs for the past two nights, for the past two outings. And that's a problem. That's a problem whenever you are tr- you are offensively challenged as the Spurs are. You can't afford to get another team second chance points or three, four, five opportunities to score the basketball. You need to secure that rebound and really play smart. I mean, Rudy Gay, I mean, as you pointed out, Wesley, obviously uh, he his grandmother did pass away. Um, I don't know if that's been the reason he's been playing. Uh, his play has been off. I'm not sure, and I don't want to speculate about that. But we've seen Rudy, we've seen LaMarcus lose the ball, we've seen DeMar get picked off from behind. We, I mean, these guys are not playing smart. And so they need to really just tune in tomorrow for the minute that ball goes up in the air. Yeah, that they do. And like I said, you know, they need to stop the supporting cast. As you just, you know, so eloquently let us know, hey, this is exactly what they need to do. So that was your great analysis, Stephen. I'm going to ask the same question of Wesley. Wesley, what are the Spurs going to have to do to stop the supporting cast <laughs> for the Denver Nuggets? Because we just can't seem to to slow them down. And it's it's the bench and it's the, the starting guards that are killing us. What are we going to have to do, Wesley? Well, you know, they they held, what, Torrey Craig to, to one point the other night, and it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> Everybody else went off. Um no, I, I honestly think I agree with Steven on, on every point he just made. The, the one thing that I have to, to add to that is they have to put the ball in the hole. You know, the, the yeah. problem with slowing the game down is if you're missing the shots that you're taking in a slower half-court set, Denver is then getting that defensive rebound, making one pass and getting three or four people into the play and whether they're getting a fast break, you know, it's it's the old the old thing, right? We all know the fast break from at least I do from my days playing playing you know ball in high school, which was you know you come down the floor, you get a three on two, you go to the basket. Well, nowadays there's a, a break and then a sub break after, and sometimes it's that break you know after the initial where you you know you stop them and you impede their progress, but it's the the next person down the floor, the next cut that happens that that ex- exploits a, a you know an option. And I, I think that's also killing the Spurs right now too. Is just you you have Pirtle who's busting his butt to get his to get his hand on loose balls. You know you see it time and time again because the Spurs are just quite frankly missing shots. And so Pirtle's there trying to keep the ball alive, trying to keep the ball alive against two and three defenders. The problem is when he's doing that, then the Nuggets get the defensive rebound, get the deflection, get the ball out of their hands quickly. And your big guy, your rim defender, Pirtle, is the last one down the floor. Now, he's not necessarily jogging, but you don't get your guys down the floor and set your defense that way because, again, you're missing shots. There's no way to get set against this Denver Nugget team that is super fast, super athletic, and really good, really good passing team if you're going to not make a shot. And I know that sounds so simple. But it really comes down to that. If you're going to shoot sub 45% from the field, you're going to lose. I really think the key to this, to, slow, to slowing this supporting cast down comes down to the Spurs and their supporter cast have to trust each other. 
uh, pass the ball on offense a lot better than they are. How many times have we seen these last two games where there's been one pass or less? And that's something to watch, guys, as we get into this game six. Watch how many possessions go one or two passes only and then a shot. How many times does the ball move sides? Do they move defenders? Because the other part of slowing down these young nugget, young nugget, nugget players that are so good is if they're not having to defend for long stretches and not having their uh, to stretch the floor on and chase the spurs all over the place, they're not getting very tired either. And so they're having fresh legs. They're able to run up and down the floor and run the spurs ragged. So I think it's those two things, honestly. You know, in, in addition to the rebounding that, that Stephen alluded to, you you have to you have to make shots. Number one, you have to play better in the half court, and you've got to make better decisions and move them side to side and make them have to be active on defense so that they do get tired. Yeah, I think that has more to do with them moving without the ball. We can't have guys just standing around, camping out at the mm -hmm. three-point line, and just, again, watching isolation plays unfold before them and not being in the correct position on the court. Position, Agreed. Being in the correct position on the court is everything. That's how the Spurs were able to win some of the championships that they won. It's because the uh, the supporting cast of players knew their positions, where they needed to be at on the floor when they saw things transpiring in front of them. You know, you had movement. You had players moving without the ball. You had, you know, passes coming in. Somebody was setting a screen. Somebody was setting a pick. And you, you the Spurs would pass the ball. And they already had Tony Parker, you know, going to the rim for an easy, you know, layup or uh, a teardrop. Those That style of basketball has been almost non-existent for the Spurs. They fall in love with the isolation ball, and that's what gets them in trouble, as you had alluded to, shooting, you know, too early into the shot clock, you know, poor shot selection, not, you know, not really passing the ball, not getting players in position to be very productive on the offensive end. All these things play a big factor on team morale. If you're getting dejected because you're just doing the iso ball, you're trying to force your way into the into the into the paint and trying to make something happen. You're getting rejected. They're swiping the ball. It's coming out of your hands. You're not getting your the foul calls. You're not getting to the free throw line. Things just aren't going your way. It seems like you can't do anything right. Well, get back to what worked for you. Play smarter, not harder. I think the Spurs are trying to play really hard. It's just not working for them because this Denver Nuggets team has been playing really stellar defense against the San Antonio Spurs. So you have a wall that you have to contend with. Play smart, as you had stated. Pass that ball. You know, use that ball movement to your advantage. So if the Spurs can get back to doing those little things, I think they put themselves in great position uh, to win game six and force a game seven. But again, let's see if that is actually executed. I'm sure that that's what the you know, coaching staff and Coach Pop have already devised and probably showed them on, you know, tape and whatnot. It's just the matter of the players going out there and executing that plan. You know, I'm sure Pop and everybody else, they're beyond frustrated. And I'd like to go ahead and end our podcast with this. This is one thing that I think Spurs fans need to keep a close eye on. If I remember correctly, Coach Pop, this is his last uh, year in his, of his contract. So if the Spurs lose tomorrow, is there a possibility that 
Coach Pop has has coached his last game as the San Antonio Spurs head coach. Is that a possibility, Stephen? I don't think so. I mean, I I, gen, I mean, we get this every year. I mean, whenever Manu Ginobili was going to retire, people thought Manu was going to retire for four seasons before he actually did. Uh, George Carl apparently heard that Tim Duncan was going to retire in 2013. Obviously, that didn't happen. So, I mean, we get this every year, whether it's Tim, Tony, Pop, Manu, whoever it is. Or is this their last season? Is this their last season? And you're right, Joe. This is, I'm pretty sure I have to double check, but I think this is his last year in his contract. Uh, or he might have one season left. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. This is his last um, year. This is his last year. Is, okay, so uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it will be because, I mean, what does Pop always say? It could be just his his shtick for the media, which is, I'm gonna, I could be sick of it tomorrow and, and stop coaching tomorrow. He says that all the time. I just don't see it because I feel there will be a better sense of, of from the Spurs organization that this was it. That way it would give the fans kind of like a, 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 a chance to say goodbye kind of thing. But then again, this is Pop and this is the Spurs. And Pop ain't going to do nothing without telling R.C. Buford first. Mm-hmm. And maybe he has. But I just don't see it. I, I, don't, I think... I think Pop will not retire. This is my prediction. So anybody listening, you can write it down, record this. This is my prediction. I don't think Pop will retire until after he coaches the Olympics. Okay. What about you, Wesley? You think Coach Pop will come back, or you think we're going to possibly see him coach his last game as a San Antonio Spurs head coach? Well, honestly, I think the only person that, that you know knows that, obviously, is, is Greg Popovich. He's, you know, I, I appreciate him for a lot of different things. Uh, not only his coaching knowledge, but, you know, w- his background. I, I appreciate him for his military service and, you know, being in the intelligence, you know, service of the military. And, and that's what makes him such a interesting guy beyond the coaching side of things is that nobody is going to be stealthier than Pop about what's going to happen or, or not going to happen. And, uh, I, I kind of feel like it'll blindside us at a time when we're not expecting, which is for me to say, no, I don't think, I don't think he's going to stop coaching. I don't think he's going to retire. Part of me believes, and this is just my personal take here. I think that in addition, I was going to uh, say almost the same thing that Steven did. I, as long as he's involved with USA basketball, I think that he's going to continue to coach because that's a way that he can stay connected to the players mm-hmm. that he's going to coach. Um, but also I, I think there's something to be said about, I have a feeling that if, and I, and I posted this on Twitter today, if if Kawhi Leonard had stayed in San Antonio, and he and Lamarcus and a young Dejounte and Derek White all got on this team together and were leading the torch to go forward into the future, I have every reason to believe that Popovich would be retiring at the end of this year. But I kind of feel like Popovich knows his legacy is not in question ever at this point. But I feel like for the next person, he wants to leave the Spurs in a better situation than it is currently. I kind of feel like he wants them to be in a position where maybe they're not a contender, but they have the pieces in place for the next person to come in, whether that's Becky, whether that's Messina, whether that's you know Coach Bud or whoever that might be, so that those guys can, can do their job and not feel like they're left with – 
uncertainty in the air. So I, I really do feel like that's going to play a factor into it too. Is not just you know whether he enjoys or doesn't enjoy, but I kind of feel like he he's going to do the the right thing by this franchise and not leave it in a position where it's you know 50 50 is it gonna is it gonna get, keep growing or are they just kind of be in limbo or where is it going to be and right now i you know in amongst all the things i know spurs fans were all ready to jump off the ledge but the, <laughs> the, the reality is you look at what's coming you look at the development that's going to occur soon enough with lonnie yeah, with walker white and lonnie walker and yeah. DeJounte's coming and then, back then 19 and 29 in the draft and heck you know what we can do with the 29th pick can you imagine Another, you know, picking the teens, goodness gracious. Um, th- there's a lot of things about to happen in this offseason that we're not even there yet that are really going to be positive. So I think Pop wants to, to keep coaching. It's just my personal take. And for not only for USA basketball, but just to make sure that the Spurs are led the right way going forward. Yeah, I kind of uh, think that Coach Pop will more than likely take some time to to make the best decision not only for him but for the team moving forward we know we really don't know the mindset of what happens you know once the season ends and he's just by himself you know what what's the thought process that he goes through to you know say hey yeah i know i'm ready to come back or maybe you know he's has a little doubt nobody knows for sure you know everybody says oh we want to we want to see him come back and coach one more season Will he? More than likely he will. But ultimately, whatever decision he makes that he thinks is best for him and his family moving forward, whether that be, you know, to coach one more season or maybe that means, you know, he he thinks he needs to hang it up because he wants to spend more more time with his family. Either way, I wouldn't be mad at him. I'd have nothing but the utmost respect for him. And I think when he decides to finally walk away from the game and retire, it's going to be a sad day for not only Spurs fans, and the team, but it's going to be a sad day across the league as well because we're watching mm-hmm. one of the greatest coaches mm, of yes. all time finally uh, decide to hang it up. So let's hope, you know, that that does not happen. You know, he comes back and, and coaches for at least another another season or two, which, you know, more than likely that'll be the scenario. But only time will tell. You know, we have to focus on the here and now, and that's getting a win in game six. So we're all going to have to light the Spurs candles, you know, the prayer candles, prenda las, prenda, <laughs> yep, yep. prenda la velas, you know, like we say in Spanish, light the candles if you got them, break out the Spurs swag, break out the flags, break out the Gracias Manu hats. If you got them, you got to get your roadside Spurs shirts, you know, your Fiesta colored shirts, or even the regular, you know, silver and black. Whatever you got to do, you got to act like this is it, you know, because it very well could be. So why wait for tomorrow? when you can go ahead and just have your Spurs spirit on full display. And I'm sure that the fans are going to bring it in the arena because that's exactly what the Spurs need. They need that sixth man, and that's what the Spurs fans are. They're that sixth and man, you know? Plus, guys, we have to we have to see H-E-B give out free coffee. I mean, come on. They can't <laughs> announce that they're going to give out free coffee and then not be on the docket. The Spurs can't let them off the hook that easy. Plus, hey, I'm I'm wearing my vintage Duncan jersey. I've I've taken it out of the closet, out of the corner, because I figure, listen, it's not Duncan who's going to come in, but that one two that's on the Duncan uniform, it's still the one two that's also in a different pattern for Lamarcus Aldridge. So, you know, I'm I'm I want the inner Duncan to come out of Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, I got a good bit for H E B. They should have something called 
the slam Duncan combo. And that means that you get <laughs> a commemorative Tim Duncan cup, you know, of coffee and also a donut <laughs> after a Spurs yeah, win. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. yeah. I'm all aboard. I can definitely see that. Real quick, before we get out of here, Wesley, I have to ask you since you brought up the jersey thing. Um, okay, so let's say you're at the AT&T Center tomorrow and they're giving out shirts. Would you put a shirt over that jersey? Oh, heck yes, in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. Hey, listen. I'm all about free stuff anyway, but I'm going to tell you this. I just got it. It's, it's so, so cool when you see arenas, especially pro arenas, because college arenas, you expect it. Right. You see that happen. You know it's going to happen. There's school pride. But, you know, it's so cool in the pro arenas when, when they do this and it's done well. When you see it at OKC, when you see it in Oracle, it, you know, it, it does add, and it, and it provides a camaraderie. That, uh, you know, quite honestly, I, I, I hope that the Spurs fans, if they get that shot, hopefully they, they give out something really good tomorrow, but it gets utilized the right way. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. Hopefully they give out, you know, I think they're going to be giving out some shirts more than likely. I got a rowdy rag at the game that they lost this last time in game four. Um, so that was really interesting. You know, I, I thought I was going to get a shirt, but they gave us rowdy rags instead. I was like, huh, okay. I wanted a shirt. <laughs> I'm like, where's my shirt? <laughs> go, go up front and trade it in and say, hey, can I have one of the shirts that they didn't wear last night? I know. Day? I was like, where's my shirt at? I'm confused why I got a rowdy rag. But it was nice, you know. I'll take it. It's yeah. it's just a little keepsake that, you know, the, the Spurs organization likes to do for the for the fans. You know, give them a little something to remember the game by. I have a collection of shirts, you know, that... I've accumulated over the years from going to these playoff games. So I usually hang them up and wear them on occasion here and there. Or if I get an extra, you know, I'll, I'll give one to family or friends. So I think I'm going to give my extra rowdy rag that I got at the game. I'm going to give that one to somebody in the studio uh, tomorrow. So we'll see. See, there you go. see there who you gets go. it. You know, I'm thinking about giving uh-huh. it to Bartlett, man. But it just depends if the Spurs win or not. You know, <laughs> what kind of mood is he going to be in? Is he going to be approachable? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to you don't want to give it to him. He, he might uh he might throw it down and stomp yeah. it. Gonna, he'll probably say lose. Yeah, he'll probably say, Don't poke the bear today, Joe. Don't poke the bear. I'm just like, Oh god, Bartlett. But when the Spurs win, man, Bartlett's like one of the, the happiest guys on earth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes for a long react when, when the Spurs lose and Bartlett's Bartlett's upset, you know? Yep, yep, uh, right. no doubt. So before we go ahead and end this episode, you know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give a couple shout outs to some people I think have uh, been great fans throughout the season, very supportive of the team, regardless if I agree with their takes or not. You know, they've been they've been supportive. They've they've written things. They've said things about the team. They've cheered them on throughout the season. And I've seen it. And I know a lot of other people have as well. You know, I'd like to give a shout out to to Jimmy C. Fields. Uh, he's uh, out there on Twitter. He's one of the biggest Spurs fans there is out there. So shout out to you, Jimmy. Shout out to you, Tom Petrini. He's always tweeting about the San Antonio Spurs, you know, and people, they go at Tom and Tom likes to go back, you know, but hey, it's all in good fun. We're all fans of the same team. So shout out to you, Tom. And also shout out to Eric Salinas. Eric's always putting stuff out there about the Spurs. People like to go ahead and talk with Eric. They like to argue with Eric, (laughs) you know, they do everything, but that's just how passionate fans are here. So if this in fact is the last game of the season, 
just give a quick shout out to some of the fans out there who follow us and interact with us. Thank you all for supporting us and everything you guys do. So before we end the show, I'm going to give you a little opportunity so you can plug yourselves and the fans can interact with you on social media. We'll start with you, Wesley. Where can they go ahead and find you on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at Wesley Perk. Um, again, it's been all Spurs, and let's hope it stays all Spurs for a little <laughs> bit longer after tomorrow. But uh, also NFL draft tomorrow, man. This is going. This is oh, going to yeah. be a fun weekend. So we got a lot of stuff going on, and then Game of Thrones. So we got a lot going on for sure. I, I shouldn't throw in the soundbite from the the intro of Game of Thrones. <laughs> just just for you, Wesley. <laughs> Can you imagine, Wesley, if you're at a Spurs game? And to get the crowd hyped, they have a Spurs intro that starts with the Game of Thrones music. <laughs> hey, that would be so cool. And they have the coyote come out dressed as a as a dragon, you know, just running out yeah. there on the court. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I, I'm all down with it. I think they should do that. That would be awesome. Yeah, maybe that's something they'll re- need to revisit next season. All right. So, Steven, <laughs> where can they go ahead and interact with you and find a all the great content that you're writing for Project Spurs. Well, first off, before I get to that, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in the world that has not seen Game of Thrones. I mean, oh, I've never oh, been more man. lost in a conversation than I was right there. <laughs> you don't know who Khaleesi is. You ain't got no idea. I don't know, I don't know if that's a guy, a girl, or a, or a creature. I have no idea. But anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram uh, at the Stephen A underscore uh, that is the uh, Stephen with a PH. People ask me all the time, and it always is yes, it's with a PH. Uh, if you guys do not have an Instagram, make an Instagram and follow me. I got some really good content on there. I started a new thing. Where I'm giving you guys little sports updates here and there uh, to kind of be, be interactive. And on Twitter, I am seven followers away from from 400. So help me get Woo. there, guys. Through <laughs> the Stephen A underscore on all social media. All right, so there you go. Make sure you go in. I know there's more than seven people listening to us, so if everybody can go, <laughs> at least seven of you guys, go out there and follow and like Stephen, please, so he can get 400 followers. And also do the same thing for Wesley. And you can also follow yeah. us at Two Shots Podcasts, all spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also check out our newly revamped website at twoshotsnetwork.com. And also you can check us out at two, the number two, shots essay.com so for steven anderson and wesley perkins i'm joe garcia thank you for listening to us and helping us get through another episode of the two shots podcast so like we always say spread the love stop the hate and be kind we're out peace and go spurs go